3: podcast starts
0: now wow I just watched the Albert Brooks documentary and in it the end it's framed around a conversation Rob Reiner is having with Albert Brooks at a restaurant uh-huh and this feels exactly like that because we are just talking to one another and facing one another which rarely happens yeah while yeah. being filmed you know it's scary I'm sitting in the seat where the guest normally
3: sits and I'm sort of like wow so this is what they see yeah and honestly it's really intimidating. You're really well lit. And in a way that I'm like, oh, my God, I had no idea we looked stunning over huh. there. I was always like, we look like trash. We look stupid. And then they, you know, the, in, in post, they edit in post, it they and then edit make it. it make it look good. And now I'm seeing it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm looking at a, yeah. a podcasting star.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, people don't realize that out of the light, we both look disgusting. Oh, horrible. <laughs> it's sort of a Dorian Gray situation where in the studio, we are ageless, but then we leave this, we leave the red room and then we look absolutely decrepit. Yeah. yeah we age double yeah
3: um so uh, there's no <laughs> way around
0: it yes it's the end of the year it is this is our sort of new year's episode one could say one could say that we had this spot booked and we were like what would be a fun new year's eve thing to do and we thought about potentially doing an earnest bonanza or doing call ins, and we were like let's just have a chat about where we've been and where we're going yeah. yeah. And by we, I mean society rather All than of the society. Two of us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, we what are our
3: qualifications for, you know, commenting on society at large? Well, we are
0: gay guys. We live in New York City, which is one of the biggest cities we've got. That's right. And we are actually even tangentially involved in the entertainment and media <laughs> industries. Yeah, by a thread. By a thread. <laughs> Gripping on for dear life. I would say, it, every morning I have to check to see if I still count.
3: <laughs> you know, the thing about being in the entertainment industry is it's a self-appointed role. You know, well, I-
0: it, Well, it's, by the way, it is literally like, how do you identify? Yeah, and it's like, as an entertainer. As an entertainer. And it's like, okay, so do you sing, do you dance? No, that's rude. <laughs> I perform. Yeah. I and that does has nothing to do with my lived experience. <laughs> and by the way, I resent it. Oh, 100%. And yet I but I it's my calling. It's what I am. If I could get brain surgery to make me not be in the entertainment industry, I would. Wow. But unfortunately, that is still experiment at the experimental stages I'm outside Sinai hospital. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and I'm not ready to throw it all away yet. Yeah,
0: and by the way, I'm uninsured (laughs) because I'm in the entertainment industry. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm actually not uninsured for everyone listening at home. Don't worry.
3: And I actually also have insurance by a That is amazing. It is just incredible. Uh, Up until March, so I'm going to go to the doctor
0: as much as I can until... (laughs) Ooh, so if you're listening, actually, and you work in the entertainment industry, that would be a great time. Yeah, it would be an amazing time to get hired again. To hire Sam before March. Yeah, because
3: let's just say the health is a little on edge. Yeah, talk days. about an in
0: and out list, out health insurance, <laughs> because it's about to expire. Yeah, so today we're going to sort of do some uh, predicting Yeah, and trend reporting. And this is something that I actually would say is a grand gay guy tradition of being so overly confident that you think just by virtue of being a gay guy, you somehow have any right to comment on culture, to comment on trends, to literally look around and think that what you are seeing has any bearing on the broader culture. I mean, I would say if if I was a gay guy and I lived in literally rural uh, Montana, I would still literally look around and be like, you know what's so in? Valleys. (laughs) Like it is impossible you know out peaks literally. <laughs> yeah. It is so impossible to be a gay guy and not think that you. Yeah. Ha- th- that-, that part of your job, at least part time uninsured is to be a trend forecaster. You
3: talk about telling yourself stories in order to live.
0: It is. the Trend forecasting is the original. We tell ourselves stories in order to live. Yeah. I also think, you know,
3: there's something about. Um Being a podcaster too, or other identity that 's right, which is when you you know at first you 're like, I got into this you know for comedy i 'm a comedian, you know everything I say is a joke, blah 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 blah, and then suddenly you find yourself, no no, no, now i 'm actually speaking on stuff that i
0: 'm unqualified to exactly. with authority well it 's like your thing about how everyone ultimately ends up working in marketing, yeah, all gay guys ultimately end up being amateur trend forecasters, and by the way, not very good ones, <laughs> like I actually think not to be gender essentialist. To me, I think a a woman is a better trend forecaster. Oh, and why? I think that Because women for so long have been pushed aside in our society, they have gotten very good at noticing things Mm. because they have to always be operating at 15 different levels. I mean, it's this whole like, oh, you're a businesswoman in a meeting. What is the right tone of voice to speak in? What is the right amount of times to apologize? They're always thinking. Whereas gay guys walk into a meeting and actually open the door and accidentally bonk someone in the head because they are not aware of their surroundings. (laughs) So it's two very different subjectivities. And so I think, uh, you know, but at the same time, that's not going to stop us from trying No, no, no. It would be disrespectful to the gay rights movement That's if we right. were to stop right. trying. Yeah, Jamila Jamil would send us a cease and desist. She would say, as an ally, fuck off. Yeah, I expect better from you. Exactly.
3: You're leaders of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community by virtue of having a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, you need to be tr- forecasting trends now yeah. for that little
0: boy in Montana. It is actually, I yes, I agree. I mean, it's like, so everyone is forecasting trends. Who are we to have a microphone in front of us and not forecast trends? Yeah. So with that being said... Um, I think we should dive right in. We're going to forecast our trends. And we this here's of, what's in and out for 2024. Yes, exactly. In and out for 2024. We both sort of uh, jotted these down separately, and we're going to go uh, one by one and sort of start gabbing. <laughs> so <laughs> should we do out first or in first? I out. Think let's start with, a, start with an out. Do you think so? Sure. Okay, so out. I have my first one, actually that I think is relevant to something you have, and so we can do both of them. I have therapy speak is out. Yeah, and I have,
3: uh, we wrote this separately. I wrote just therapy. therapy yeah.
0: Which I actually think it's important I want to discuss these two in tandem because I think they are actually very different. Therapy being out is actually very different than therapy speak being out. (laughs) Yeah. So why do you think therapy is
3: out? Well, I do think it's, you know, it starts at therapy speak. I think therapy speak is out and people know like, you know, you can't like self-diagnose all the time. And there's this thing of like, yeah, like you can't just say you have ADHD because you are weird. Mm -hmm, To which I say, watch me. (laughs) But I also think therapy (laughs) is out because there's been, you know, over the last decade, a push of like that we all need to be in therapy. Therapy is good. We need to get to therapy. And now everyone's been in therapy and sort of like, okay, so where are we now? Exactly. And it's like the same place. And by the way, worse (laughs) off. Actually way worse off because now this this is always the push and pull that I'm always obsessed with is like self-awareness doesn't necessarily mean like fixing Absolutely yourself. Not. Like I'm almost like we've learned enough about ourselves. It's time to stop looking inward and start moving forward. It's time to um, suppress and yeah. move forward.
0: Yes, I think you are pointing towards a cognitive behavioral future rather than a psychoanalytic one you want. You, we need to change our habits yes. rather than focusing on our relationship with our father.
3: Yes, yes. It's like, are you sleeping?
0: Exactly, exactly. What's your morning routine? I think these things... How much caffeine are you drinking on a daily basis? And how much alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not go that far. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do think, I I fully agree with you. I think it's very, what's next? We've seen this. We've seen therapy. Yeah, I'm glad we explored. And I'm I'm glad glad we had our therapy era. Absolutely. But we actually need to... Take that and and have and do a sort of a conference where we present main findings. (laughs) There needs to be powerpoints and there need to be breakout sessions. (laughs)
3: Yes, 100%.
0: And then I actually think we need to get all the therapists in one room and decide which of them are actually making a positive impact and which of them are making a negative impact.
3: This is another big part of the therapy is is out. Because they, yes. we are learning that therapists are literally just our friends. Some of them are even gay guys. Some of them are just people. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the scarier things. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, surgeons, I can proudly say I'm not friends with a single surgeon. If I meet a surgeon, it is you know, akin to meeting Jake Gyllenhaal, for example, I would be like, this is shocking. And I'm going to tell my friends that I was at a dinner party with a surgeon. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. For example, if that were to happen.
1: Um. (laughs) Uh
3: (laughs) Uh-huh. so that being said the opposite is true for therapists. there are many many people in my life who have become therapists and i'm sort of like okay well if you know me casually i don't
0: know what your qualifications are well you are also pointing to something that is even more interesting which is people becoming therapists as a second act <gasps> after they have already tried being a writer performer yeah people becoming therapists as though it's the equivalent of going to like, and I'm not, this is no disrespect to nurses who are quite literally the number one heroes of our society, but it's very like gay guys used to go to nursing school when they stopped being in musical theater and now they're becoming therapists. No, it's disrespectful. That's different. (laughs) Those are different skills. Yeah, Go to nursing school. Be a flight attendant. (laughs) There are jobs for you. So we need to figure out what's going on with therapy, broadly speaking. And do you want to talk about therapy speak? And therapy speak just briefly. To me, I'm like, there has been so much media representation of therapy as well. It's like the the Showtime show, Couples Therapy, I feel like had a real moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Also... Uh, the way that pop culture is covered online is very like, you'll never believe who gaslit someone else yes. by, uh, you know, re-traumatizing them. <laughs> and it's like, well, I just want to read People magazine. Yeah, and I well, this know, used to be hot or not. I want to know it's... who wore it best. I don't want to know who gaslit who by re-traumatizing them. So I'm sort of like, I don't like this middle ground of like, there's serious Psych- there is serious stuff. People actually talking about their trauma. People actually talking about their uh, their psychology. And then there's vapid stuff that's just like, "Oh, fun pop culture writing." Pick one or the other. Yeah, you don't give not- me down the middle of like of like we're standing her for being gaslit. No, no, we're standing her because she has a ponytail. <laughs> And it's not empowering. It's only
1: exactly, shake.
0: exactly, and that's okay. And that is, and so I guess, sort of, we're talking about like a return to aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I think, and by the way, we are pro therapy. Every, I mean, therapy of course, is we're not, not insane. We're not insane. Although, you know, maybe if we'd go to therapy, we'd be diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But no,
3: who has the who has the who yeah. has the insurance for that? I mean, not
0: I. <laughs> All right, great. Okay. So okay. do you want to do an in now? I have an in. Okay, go. Um okay.
3: My uh, my in for 2024. Yes. Bongs and stoner culture. Whoa. I think bongs <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Because we have like, now that weed is like legal in so many places yeah. and it's sort of like normal and everyone's like eating edibles and yeah. it's like there's weed drinks. I think there's going to be almost like, a you know, like I was there first. There's going to be people being like, I'm ripping a bong and it's TBT to when this was illegal. Yeah. You're going to
0: fetishize when this was illegal and when it was a counterculture. 100 percent And actually, you know, I'm gonna take this as an opportunity to shoehorn in one of mine that I is not a main one, is not one of my big ones. A side in. I was yes. I was saying <laughs> so one of my rejected ideas was surfing. Surfing is gonna and this be. This is what I was gonna say is related. exactly. Yeah. So basically, I was so surfing is about to be an Olympic sport for the first time in 2024, and you know how the people covering the Olympics are always looking to make a big cultural splash. So I think there's going to be a revive. I think there's going to be nostalgia for Blue Crush. I think there's going to be nostalgia for, uh, let's say, Big Lebowski esque culture, and I think that ties into old time weed culture. And there's going to be a sort of like reappropriation of messy blonde hair board shorts, surf, doing, what's this called? I don't know what it's called. What's this called? Shaka, (laughs) thank you. Doing the shaka thing. Thank (laughs) thank you to our team of researchers. Um, And even uh, almost like, I'm thinking of like when I used to watch the OC, like that level, it's like the dad goes surfing. Yeah.
3: Well, I also think there's like, a gatekeeping element to this type of culture where it's like, you know, we had to do it in high school. Like we had to be around this stuff. And it was sort of like, you know, our twenties were all about being like, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Now I can wear exclusively American apparel and be like this, this type of hipster. And I think now, like, I think it's been long enough that people will look back on that and be like i want that again
0: and you know what i think it is it's a a move from abercrombie to hollister because we have been living a sort of prep revival Mm -hmm. and it's about to be california it's about to be cali yeah the northeast is dead hacks is back for season three and so is the official hacks podcast in each episode hacks creators lucia and yellow paul w downs and jen stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the emmy winning comedy series We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have had to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film?
1: You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right,
0: people all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively.
1: Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you
0: down. I'll tell you something, therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week, I can tell someone what I'm thinking of, in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation.
1: Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest
0: with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com.
2: Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right. Okay, next. Let's do an out. Do you next. want to share one? Um, sure. I'm trying to think which one I want to do. Okay. I'm going to say, and this is a long time coming and I uh, potentially people have already thought that this has been out over intellectualizing reality television, mm. intellectualizing reality television, sort of like an essay about the real housewives that is in the London review of books, um, like the the sort of like the poptimism of thinking that watching love is blind can actually have redeeming. attributes or aspects yeah yeah Yeah. that's over
3: completely over how do you think someone should view
0: a love is blind moving forward shamefully (laughs) which is okay because guess what i watched the great british bake-off and i enjoy it never in my life have i said this is like shakespeare no because you know what it's like the great british bake-off it is actually a show where british people bake yeah it's like a screensaver and that is okay it's beautiful even sometimes you need that
3: we need to be honest about what we're watching. Yeah. We can't like, you know, rewrite history to make it so that we're actually reading a book when 100%. we're watching The Housewives.
0: And by the way, if you're watching The Housewives and one of them, let's say, goes to jail and you're like, this is important because it points to our flawed criminal justice system. Well, how about use that as inspiration and go write an article about our criminal justice system, <laughs> not about the housewife that went to jail. <laughs> if that's what you claim is important about it. Right.
3: I, I think that is so, so deeply out. I think that is. It's over. It's over. It's genius. All right. Um, Should I do an in or an out? Do an out. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Um. Okay, this is controversial. Okay. Pop girlies.
0: I think the idea of being a pop girly is actually out. Can I tell you one reason why, for my personal life, I agree with you? Yeah. I still have not listened to Houdini. <laughs>
3: oh my God, And George. I have
0: no desire to. That is so upsetting to yeah. me. Why not? I just, I have not had the desire to open Spotify and click on Houdini. You're being so toxic. Do you know what I did recently discover? What? That Natalie Merchant released a new album in 2023. Did you know that? No she actually couldn't sing because she had some kind of surgery where her vocal cords didn't work for three years, and now she has a big comeback, and she has an incredible song called Sister Tilly that is dedicated to feminists everywhere. Wow. And I've been listening to that pretty much on repeat for the last three days while not
3: listening to Houdini by Dua Lipa. Well, first of all, I think you should listen to Houdini by Dua Lipa. And I do think what I mean by pop girlies being out is not that gay guys won't love them, but what I mean is, like, there's, like, with culture at large, I think we are pushing into like the fact that there's this like creed nickelback comeback and you are now pointing to one of my ends yeah Uh, they are they go hand in hand because it's like we are (laughs) we are returning to a space where like a pop girly is a shameful thing to be 100 it is for girls and gays
0: pejorative it's been reclaimed too much yeah sort of like how Britney has been freed too much <laughs> and now there's going to be a backlash against it I think
3: there's absolutely going to a backlash and I think the pop girlies that exist are going to try to distance themselves from the idea of being a pop girly. and like you know I think Olivia Rodrigo is like a canary in the coal mine yes, for that 100%. and being like well I'm pop punk yes. and it's like uh, there's going to have an extra thing like and I do. Uh, there's a metal twist.
0: But also, it's very much when Madonna learned to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. They're going to start bringing out electric guitars. You're going to see, I hate to say it, Katy Perry playing the guitar.
3: You 100 percent will.
0: And so and I want to just very briefly tie it to the Creed Nickelback thing. So my in, and it brings me no pleasure to report this, by the way. Of course.
3: This is a nightmare for us. It's a nightmare.
0: So what's happening is, first, pop punk was reclaimed. In a way that I have to say, and I know this is controversial, I disagree with wholeheartedly. (laughs) I, like, you can't suddenly be talking about how Paramore and Avril Lavigne are actually good. And I say this as someone who, like, has had my share of, like, I, I... I enjoy that music occasionally. I understand when people like it, but like we have to have some boundaries (laughs) in terms of how we talk about taste. Yeah. Pop punk is not good. Yeah. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but I think we let that happen. We let people sort of, it's this free for all of ideas and somehow the idea that pop punk has actually always been good won out and now it's a slippery slope and what's going to happen next is that creed slash nickelback music is going to be reclaimed and people are going to be like some you know like the jonas brothers will like pivot to being nickelback and then people will be like god if only i had this one i was a teen oh, it was gonna be a nightmare
3: yeah. i mean i don't know if you're i know you're famously not on tiktok mm-hmm. but like creed is really popular now. Well. And, like, I was at a bar on Friday. Yeah. And, like, a Creed song came on and everyone was singing along. And a Creed song came on. (laughs) And I was like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, okay, this is fun to sort of view this in a different lens. Mm. But it also was terrifying.
0: Yeah. Well, as I've, you know, we predicted this years ago where we thought there was going to be a return to substance. One of the biggest mistakes we've ever made, (laughs) to be honest. But I was always like, oh, we're going to, this whole, like, everything being ironic thing, it's all going to end and we're going to go back to everyone actually saying what they mean and attempting to have good taste and elitism is going to be back but in like a productive way. That never happened and I'm sorry I ever predicted that. Well, what I'm learning about the world um, is that actually
3: all that happens over and over and over again is people find the ugliest, most disgusting, hated thing, decide to like it and then that is taste and it just happens over and over and over
0: Um, and that's greed. And so actually that ties into my next in which I believe will happen, which is I believe it's now been long enough since the beginning of the pandemic that there will be lockdown nostalgia. (laughs) And by this, I mean, there's going to be in the same way that people had indie sleaze parties, there will be like lockdown themed events. People will... See there will be like like halloween costumes that incorporate like having a little bottle of purel yeah. there will be like people like somehow in some film or tv show or something there will be a joke about banging pots and pans and then that will take on a life of its own we are far enough removed that we can shut down the parts of our brain that are traumatized by it and actually like do yeah thanks thanks to not going to thanks therapy thanks not going to therapy <laughs> And I think you know people tried to do lockdown movies too soon. Like yes. there was that one Anne Hathaway one. Like yeah. And I think now it has finally been long enough. And actually, well, someone we know is actually making a movie that is about that period. Oh, really? Yes, we can believe it. Out Theta's movie is, oh, is about that period, and I it's didn't like, know that. it's almost like, it's like a satire of people living in early lo- in early pandemic. Interesting. <laughs> so that's that's my end. And and by and again, unless I get paid.
3: I mean, I have to say, I think that's. I think that's true. I agree with that. I mean, I have a day where I'm like, you know what? I'm staying in yeah. like I am like I'm doing like a little lockdown day. Yeah. Like I'm like it's like a felt like a pandemic day. Yes. And I like say that with like joy. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's weird. It is. And by the way, I- I'm now realizing it might even be not a film, but a music video. It might be a a, a music video that does early lockdown nostalgia. Couldn't you see a sort of Honestly, even Olivia Rodrigo, like, like a, a, some pop sure, star sure. doing like lockdown drag.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we've talked about this, but looking back on the Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga, VMAs performance yes. of Brain on Me when they're both wearing masks is one of the weirder things it's to crazy. do because you're like, I remember I was there. This yeah. was not that far ago. And yet this feels like I'm watching a different planet. Mm-hmm. Um yeah so I think that's genius Great. um okay, I have an in okay um, I think being midwestern is bad, huh. I see it. I think I think as we go into an election year, yeah, uh, it people will be trying to claim they're from Ohio. You know, yes. if they say they grew up in a wealthy family in Manhattan, they'll be like, "But I went to college in Michigan." Right. And I think everyone's going to be sort of trying to claim um,
0: middle America, swing state, and even blue collar. Oh, interesting. My mind went to Midwest as a sort of a safe. It's like let's say you're trying to be as uncontroversial as possible. You're like, oh, if I say the South, that brings up feelings for people. Yeah. That brings up statues, yeah. it brings up flags. Yeah, But if you say the the coasts, then you're suddenly an elitist. Yeah. The Midwest is sort of this like centrist haven. I Yes,
3: I think that's 100% it. I mean, I think there's two things. I do think that is one of them. And I also think people will want to be relevant to the election conversation. Yeah. Which states do you think will trend? I will say, I do think for some reason, I think it will be Ohio. I was literally about to say Ohio. <laughs> I think Indiana is actually too
0: Republican. Uh, 100%. Indiana is like, Mike Pence. Oh, it's a terrifying place. No, I think Ohio is going to have a moment. I think Columbus is going to have a moment. Columbus is back. Um, <laughs> Cl- no, Cleveland? Is, Are you kidding yeah. me? Wow, that is so, I literally was about to say Ohio and I was like, it would be embarrassing if we said the, a different state and didn't. <laughs> And didn't speak at the same time. No, Ohio is back. It's gonna, gonna be It's gonna be Ohio. It's gonna All be right. Ohio. Okay. Okay. I guess we should move to. I'll do an out. Okay. Um, ceramics. Oof. <laughs> yeah. And I like ceramics, of course. What are you going to put your flowers in? There is something about the ceramics industry where it's been a bit too democratized. And I actually I will call myself in and say that is also probably true of comedy and podcasting. I'm not saying I'm some authority, like in the same way that everyone has a podcast. Everyone is a ceramicist. That's I mean, it's actually true. There is out of nowhere. Once a week, someone on Instagram will be like, I'm selling ceramics.
3: You know what the weirdest part? First of all, I 100% agree. Everyone's selling ceramics and it's too much. But at the same time, when you go into a store, you can go in five different stores in Brooklyn and they all have the same ceramics. And yes. that really confuses me.
0: Right. That makes me feel like we all are just like <laughs> we're being lied to. Well, I do think this is a big conspiracy theory of mine. I do think all small boutiques in a sort of Brooklyn in Brooklyn and Silver Lake, all small boutiques that sell candles and ceramics are quite literally owned by Airbnb or like a big corporation like I that. I think you're so right. And it is it it like because it's not a supply and demand thing. Like, someone is funding this and it is dark money. So I almost think that is a different issue to everyone suddenly trying to be a s- small batch ceramic- ceramicist.
3: <laughs> it is a different issue, but it, it calls ceramics into question yes, generally. Yes, 100%. I mean, I wonder if the small batch ceramicists are a response to
0: the to it, the small stores. It's so true. It's the alt comedy of big ceramic. yeah. 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 That said, and the other thing with ceramics is that they're always sort of... And I understand why they're overpriced, because it takes a lot of effort to make them. And who am I to be like, no, they should be $2. But at the same time... I have something mean to say. What is it? It's not that hard.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I just think a lot of people with ceramics are, you know, they have you know, they finish their bowl and then they're like, okay, let's sell this. And it's like, no. Have a hobby. Have a hobby. Yeah. Like, let's pause. You yeah. made a bowl. Be proud of yourself. But this shouldn't be for sale yet. It's like, they're like putting these bowls out that, you know, they're like, but there's a ton of character.
0: And I'm like, sure. Yeah. But you also are just trying to sell a lumpy bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I completely agree. I I mean, again, it's this rush to monetize well, it's, I mean, yeah. it's our capitalist society. It's a, it's a nightmare. Society. But um,
3: at the same time, just do ceramics for you. Give yeah. them out as gifts.
0: Yes, give them out as gifts. Display them in your home. Yes. If you want, take a photo of them and post them. Oh, sure. I'm not going to stop you. No, I can't. But I'm certainly not going to pay $78. Yeah, I might not even like the picture. Uh-oh. All right.
3: <laughs> but I'll see it. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, I have an out um, that's a little adjacent to the therapy conversation, but different Um, class consciousness. Wow. Say more. Well, I think, you know, we've had all of our commentaries and all of our critiques about like, you know, this movie is about wealthy people and how they're actually not good. And this show is about wealthy people and how they have all the same problems and it's actually worse. Um, And the the greed, the greed, the greed. And I'm sort of like, okay, so now we've said it. Mm -hmm. And yet we are still living in the society. And it's almost like uh, it's that thing where I
0: think we're being aware of it is like, this isn't helping. (laughs) Well, I think you're pointing also to something that a lot of us don't want to acknowledge, which is that satire has no power. Quite literally. And I say that as a big fan of the genre. (laughs) Truly, it is, if anything, oh my God, sorry, my mom's calling me. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, I, I stick up for it in a way where sometimes people will say, oh, that went too far or like. You know, I just saw that movie Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage. Oh. And I'm like, I know what people are going to say about it. And they're going to say that it's too, like, stupid and that it's too whatever. And I'm like, no, that's the point. It's, like, fun that it's just, like, completely crazy and black and white and, like, kind of problematic and reactionary. Like, whatever. But I don't think it's going to change the world. <laughs> I
3: mean, so few things do. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, it was, like, very pandemic era, very, like, Trump era when it was sort of, like... Like, people were, like, doing scathing internet sketches. And it was sort of like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't want to, like, just pointing out that it's bad is, (laughs) like, unless you're satirizing something that's, like, fresh. Like, where I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that pointed out before.
0: Yeah, well, as everyone knows, and I can't remember who said this, but capitalism has a way of eating up its own critique and commodifying it. And so, to me, satire ended when Parasite won Best Picture. (laughs) interesting yeah actually honestly kind of smart <laughs>
3: <laughs> um yeah i also think uh, there's like a it's also been pointed out that like tiktok people like it's like they're always shot in like fancy homes oh well, yes and sure. i think like brands are like one were too quick to the like they got class conscious really quickly and now i
0: think people are just like kind of throwing it out the window. Do you know what's been completely defanged along these lines is like the concept of talking about student loans. Like it will literally be like Coca-Cola tweeting and be like, cheers to never paying off those loans, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) And then it's like someone drinking a Coke. Yeah. Yeah. It's all become it's just it's all become fodder
3: i mean even so it's like the healthcare conversation yes. honestly so is the healthcare this conversation. yeah not to toot our own horn reminds me of when theta was on and was like it actually is unfortunate that like the issue is like capitalism because it's not new or exciting to say it because it just is yes. and so it doesn't we can't <laughs> we can't get anyone's attention because it's like well yeah that's a given
0: well, it it sort of reminds me when there was a brief period sort of post-Patriot Act when people cared about privacy and then they just stopped. Like literally no one cares about privacy anymore. And I, if you if you go around and, and are like we're being surveilled, people are like, what is that insane guy talking about? <laughs> I mean, I do feel that way.
3: About like people being like they 're selling your data, yeah, i am like yeah. i don't know how to care about totally. this. like I'm, it does sound bad, I guess, when you say that, yeah. and i if mostly I 'm like, well, if they're selling it, can I have some can I get ten percent <laughs> like <laughs> you're always thinking you're always business minded well <laughs> like I would sell my own data if you're getting it, sure, it might as well sure. be me getting yeah. the money um i'll tell you where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll
0: turn on Find My Friends for Biden. <laughs> for, a, for a fee. <laughs> for, for a fee. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, was that yours? Yeah, that was my out. Yeah. And it was class consciousness. Yeah. Okay, great. Should I go? Yeah. All right. I can do an... I can do... Maybe I'll do an in. Oh, this is a big one. Nipple rings. Uh-huh. So I believe that an A-list celebrity will either for a role or in real life get a nipple ring. Yeah. And it will... Okay, so you know what was botched? Florence Pugh having a septum piercing. She thought that would make an impact and it didn't. Damn. But this is going to actually make an impact. You're it's going to so be like, right. it's, gonna, it's not going to be Ryan Gosling, but it'll be like, uh, or, or and not Timothy, but it will be someone that is an A-lister enough. You know who it will be? Who? Troy. Do you think he's A-list enough? I think he's up there. See, I was thinking it will be a straight man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't... This is not a gay... Like, I think it'll be... Like, I almost think there will be, like, a paparazzi photo where Daniel Day-Lewis has a nipple <laughs> ring and has had one this entire time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it'll be something yeah. like that.
3: You know who... Okay, In, in, a, in a simil- Joaquin Phoenix. Yes,
0: like, wha- yes. Promoting Joker 2. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be Joaquin Phoenix. It'll be... I was about to say Jared Leto, but again, he's too old. It'll be... No, it'll be someone exactly like that. And then... I, you know, all the various, you know, all the various people at GQ magazine will write about it and it will be written about in some fashion newsletter and then there will be some podcast about the cultural history of the nipple ring <laughs> and then someone will talk about how like, actually, people think it came from this place but <laughs> and then, uh, and then we'll be too far deep and then it will become, in fact, the new septum piercing. You know how septum piercing used to be like, so out there and yeah. now literally like, A girl who works in branding will come in and be wearing a sort of oversized blazer and a septum.
3: Yeah. And she'll be like, we're so excited to work with you guys on the project. And, you know, Q1 has been amazing for us. And we just love what you do. And so Mm -hmm. we just want you to bring your unique voice to this and, you know, just have some fun. And she has a full bowl septum piercing. Yeah. Um. I wait. Oh. Oh, the one thing stopping nipple rings Uh from fully taking off, I think, is that I think they actually really hurt. Well, and I think that will be like the that's only and, you know, it's only a speed bump. People do stuff that hurts all the time. Totally. But I think like for it to really trend. It, the celebrity has to do it and then suddenly like 4,000 people on TikTok do it And but I do think it being painful will stop people but guess
0: what what that's what the videos will be about everyone will be like no one tells you that getting a nipple ring is actually painful get ready with me while I get my nipple pierced yeah <laughs> but I do think that'll be it'll be like um this new trend is actually painful <laughs> Oh my god! Because then there's gonna be videos about like mine got
3: infected and like follow me on my multi-part journey. <laughs> Brought to you by Colgate. Literally. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Well, we should get them. I don't want to. I don't want to me. either.
0: I do think actually it would look good on you. I don't think I. I don't have the body for it, and I'm not <laughs> saying that as a fish for compliments. It's just there are different body types, and I think you actually would look good in a in, with a nipple ring.
3: I'd have to change a lot of my stylistic choices. I think. You know, I don't think the Fair Isle sweater uh, you, when you pull it off. Well, and you would certainly, ring. <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: Okay. Uh, um,
3: okay. Okay. Let me see what I want to do. I'll do an in. Okay. Okay.
0: Terry Richardson style photo shoot, but without acknowledging who Terry Richardson is. One hundred percent. And actually, related to that, Woody Allen movies, not acknowledging that they're influenced by Woody, like like Woody Allen esque comedies, not acknowledging that they are clearly rip-offs of Woody Allen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There will be actually, and I would say across the board, <laughs> things clearly influenced by quote-unquote problematic men <laughs> that just refuse to <laughs> You know what, actually, where I really noticed this? Where? In the Albert Brooks documentary. How so? Because... It is a very clear connection that Woody Allen is his contemporary who made similar movies about neurotic men who are like bad with women. And it was this is a film that is mentioning like other contemporaries of his like what the vibe was like at the time, like whether or not he was the first person to do such and such. And the parallel is right there. They are the like almost the same age. They had a very similar sort of trajectory from being like a very old comic to being a, an Autorish filmmaker. And the name Woody Allen was not mentioned the entire documentary. <sighs> I mean, there is something we need to figure out a better way. Like,
3: like I <laughs> like than just not saying who they are because this keeps happening. And it's sort of like, uh, there's something like, we think we're doing the right thing, but there's gotta be a better way because uh, it almost uh, like allows people to not feel like they did anything wrong. Where it's like, no, that just never happened.
0: Totally. And it's like, no, no, no. And then you open yourself up to critiques of like cancel culture and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if we're not allowed to talk about it, then we can never heal. 100%. Um, but sorry, I sort of steamrolled your idea. No, so Terry think, Richardson. So
3: Terry Richardson. I mean, I think it's the natural progression from indie sleaze. One hundred percent.
0: And I think
3: people. It's also something that's relatively like easy to do at home.
0: Yeah, but yeah, very much so.
3: <laughs> and I think that that style—it's like slutty, but it like it has like an old, like hints at being artistic, mm-hmm. and. It's like such it was such an era that it is like a clear thing to reference. But I also think that specific little dance, because he was like canceled or whatever, it almost feels like you're finding it for the first time. And so there's also like you can almost have the credit if you want.
0: Yes. Well, it also you actually can have it both ways because you also are being sort of provocative just by referencing. Totally. But what are you going to do? Be like canceled for referencing it? (laughs) okay um, let's see I can do oh okay I can do an in okay uh, I think MMF <laughs> is gonna make a huge comeback and I think that so a big one obviously it, there's just a lot of like movies that have two men and one woman and they are sort of sexual there's the Zendaya tennis movie yeah. Challengers yeah Um. there was of course Passages Passages yeah, basically, it's. It, 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 and there's one more that I actually can't remember, but I just think this is going to make a big. If anything, this is sort of the end game of the Harry Styles conundrum is like sort of like straight ish men, quote unquote, queer baiting, even though we don't care about that term on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like what is the end game? It's MMF. It's like literally being like doing something gay and while doing it, being like, this is not gay. And I'm straight. <laughs> and I'm straight. <laughs> And you'll never believe this. I'm straight. (laughs) I think an MMF is genius
3: because it also is like of the time where we're sort of like, like, yes, there are gay people, but it's also like, but everyone's like a little bit of something. Yeah. And I think it's so like
0: having your cake and eating it too, uh, to be like, I'm having an MMF threesome. Well, it's also like, as we know, culture keeps getting dumber and dumber. And what that means is Things that are sort of left to the imagination have to be made literal. And so when you have someone like Harry Styles where he's sort of like, well, I'm kind, I'm half straight, half queer. (laughs) You actually need to visualize that by him being on the red carpet, kissing a man and then kissing a woman. (laughs) Like it is, it's very, it's like we need to make this clear. He's kind of straight, kind of queer. (laughs) I mean, I even see it with gay guys, though. Like, yeah. I think gay guys are like,
3: okay, we've like said we're gay for a decade. Yeah, like we. What's next? <laughs> literally, like, no one's
0: talking about me anymore. <laughs> totally, it's time to like expand my horizons. Yeah, and this is separate from. This is not about bisexuality. Of course not. That's not what we're talking about.
3: We are talking about MMF. Yeah. And I'm specifically talking about gay guys because I think it's really trendy in gay guy circles right now to be like, well, of course I would sleep with a woman. Yeah. Like we're sort of – there's a reaction to the like, you know, Y2K era like vaginas are gross. (laughs) Um, So I think now it's like, well, I would sleep with a woman. Well, of course. Well, I'm not opposed to – that it's like yes
0: I prefer men but and so I think this also literalizes that feeling. Well, it's gay guys becoming metrosexual in the other direction. Yeah. In the nineties and two thousands, we had straight guys that were like, "Wouldn't it be fun if we were kind of gay?" And now we have gay guys that are like, <laughs> "Wouldn't it be fun if we were kind of straight?"
3: It actually, you know who's, who stays winning for the MMF conversation?
0: Men. Because yeah. straight guys get to be a little gay. Gay guys get to be a little straight. And then they get to just like distract from the fact that they were straight all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. I think this is huge. Yeah. No, I think, and I that also, actually scares me. I do think people have not been sort of, so there's an Zendaya movie. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe it will flop. But to me, I'm like. It's MMF. It's Zendaya, our biggest star. It's Luca Guadagnino. It's tennis, which I have long said is about to really go big. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. <clears throat> and I just think it's going to really happen.
3: Wow. I, I mean, I think you're totally right. I also think it pulls in like it's like a soft launch of like mainstream poly. Yes. Uh, It's like. because you know there's so many different relationship styles right now yeah but i feel like still it's like kind of weird to be like like when straight people are open people like are judgmental of that Mm -hmm. and i think uh i think this This is is a new thing this is gonna bring uh, this is gonna make all of that an easier conversation so in
0: that sense i guess i welcome it
3: i welcome it i actually think it's gonna be a sleigh all right it sounds hot um Okay, this one is also I'll do a sexual one okay, a sexual in. Um I have hand jobs both in media and in your own life. Now that is interesting. I think <laughs> I think hand jobs are back. I think <laughs> we have like, you know. I think there's going to be a lot of returning. Mm. You know, we've we've all gone so far. High school nostalgia. High school nostalgia. And I think we've like you know we've done it all. Everyone's you know we've done MMF threesomes. We've and um, now it's sort of like what if we just had a hand job? Yeah. Um, And I think in media specifically, I think it's going to be horny because it's like (laughs) there's something about simulated sex on film where it's like so like under the covers, holding the thing, rolling over. And it's like there's like this dance that's almost like there's like 14 tropes in a row to have a sex scene. And I actually think what's fresh and new is a handjob scene.
0: You will never believe this. What? In the script I'm currently working on. It one big sex big hand scene job scene? as a handjob. Wow. There you go.
3: I think it's going to change things.
0: <laughs> do you think, here's a question, do you think that the handjobs will be sort of like intentionally depressing mumblecore, like Duplass Brothers coded, like, oh, how depressing that this long-suffering wife is giving her husband a handjob? Or is no. it going to be reclaimed as actually erotic? I think it's going to be reclaimed as actually erotic. Interesting. I see it almost as like a... Uh,
3: like like under the table at dinner or something oh, like that. Oh, I love that. Um
0: where it's like what if a handjob was really kinky? And you know what else actually a handjob is actually it's okay, in terms of the gender dynamics of a of a heterosexual handjob, okay? Mm-hmm. On the one hand you can say it is the man is leading the way. He is the one being serviced. Sure. But on the other hand, there's a, I mean, there is a woman that is taking the most vulnerable part of you and she's in control of it if she wanted she could pick you up from it and throw you across the room <laughs> i mean she's been lifting yes so i think that i actually think hand jobs will go from being disempowering to being empowering
3: i think they're gonna be very empowering i mean i do think there is already like a little bit dominating to yeah be like because also it's not mutual it's like i'm completely clothed, Mm -hmm. you are naked, and I'm jerking you off.
0: There's gonna be a scene where a man is talking, and he's talking like too much, and the woman to shut him up grabs his dick. Yeah. And she's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm in. Done. Well, this is one that we both actually had, which is that for In we have red hair that is like a late '90s. It's the red hair that Dua Lipa has in Houdini, yep. so sort of like almost like red to black, not a ginger. No, not ginger hair. Artificial red. Artificial red. Almost like Matrix, like it could be something that would be in The Matrix or something that someone doing um, cosplay would have. Yeah.
3: I have an out that's really similar to this, too, which is I think out is going blonde.
0: Yeah. Because it's like in this political climate. Yeah. You're saying I'm blonde. I would even go so far as to say there might be a resurgence in like dumb blonde jokes. Oh, 100 percent. And that will be which is also sort of like a toxic nostalgia almost like misogynist, early 2000s sense of humor? I think the red hair specifically is like, you know, there's
3: the trope now, the Republican specter of the blue-haired lesbian. Yes. And so now people are like, well, I don't want to dye my hair blue because then I'll be playing into the Republican hand.
0: (laughs) And then there's like, well, I can't go blonde because that's so insensitive. So the red, yes. The shade of red we're talking about is actually... The perfect midway point between quote unquote natural hair color and quote unquote like and sort of like actually blue, green, you know, sort of like cosplay anime hair. Yeah. It is exactly in between because you have a um, what's the word? Uh, it's similar enough to a natural shade, which is red. <laughs> plausible deniability. You have plausible deniability because you're like, well, it's red. Yeah, it's. It's teetering between natural and unnatural, much like the bright yellow that like Gaga had during the yeah, yeah, was yeah, that yeah, Art yeah. Pop, I think that was or like right before Fame our Monster, fame, fame Monster, yeah, like similar, to, yes, exactly. She had it in Telephone, yeah, but like similar to the bright yellow, where it's like actually it's even more crazy than having blue hair because it's almost like natural. <laughs> well, there's also
3: a, a, an element of like not caring, which is I think really in right now, yeah, and I think like the uh, a almost poorly done red guy job is like says like yeah I'm taking swings and I don't really care how it turns out yeah I also do have to point out that I think it's insane you have not listened to or seen the music video for
0: Houdini and yet can even say that red hair Houdini style is in. Well, I think that is what's powerful about the Dua Lipa marketing machine is that the way I have not listened to the song, have not watched the video, but I already know the references she's going for. I Even just seeing the cover of the single and the font that she's using, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> also, be- another, I just want to say another reference for that kind of red hair. Also, I feel like uh, it's like uh, TLC... Like, there's also that sort of, like, the Y2K R&B red hair, where I feel like, is it, would it have been t boz that would have had the red hair? Anyway, whatever. But you get what I'm saying. Like, that sort of era of Y2K, everyone's wearing silver. Yeah. uh, Is another reference. (laughs) Okay. I have an out. Okay. AirPods. Oh. I mean, to me, they were never... I, I, to Talk about something that, to me, did not have the range from the get-go. <laughs> but now, I think people were like, you know what? Whatever. Like, yeah.
3: I know I can speak from personal experience. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like, if, if I have the iPhone, if it just works with it, that that's good. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it'll be a pretty seamless thing. And then it's like, no, they actually got me. Like, they don't work well. They look stupid. They fall out. They, like, sound bad. And it's like... Uh, This is maybe just a personal gripe. (laughs) No, no, please. But I've, like, never considered myself, like... Uh, needing like super nice headphones like I I, and like you know a a standard headphone will do and then the the airpods are so annoying to me that I'm like no I'm actually ready to become an audiophile and be supremely annoying because this shit sucks and I'm (laughs) so mad at a corporation that I once trusted that you know now I can't, now that what? They're going to put out the next iPhone and I'm going to
0: have to wonder if totally. it works? Yeah. Unbelievable. AirPods are a great example of trust your, trust your gut. It's like when people are talking about current events and they're like, you know what you're seeing. Trust your own eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't believe the don't propaganda. Don't believe the propaganda and the media narrative. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm seeing these like, little pieces of plastic that are supposed to, A, stay in your ears, B, what, they keep falling on the ground on literal dog shit, and you have to just, like, pick them up and put them back in your ears? It, they're easy to lose. They are not connected to one another. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want
3: me to do with that? It's insane. They also <laughs> symbolize, like, you know, the the business person on a call, yes. like, screaming at someone. 100%. They There's a coldness to them that is, like, I actually don't want to be a part of that community.
0: So I want to say, what are normal Apple headphones called? Earbuds? Yeah. I'm not saying they're a perfect product. and And admittedly, I am not an audiophile. I am okay just listening to my earbuds on the subway. But to me, that is a product that has been a part of my life at this point for like 15 years. And it has sort of always done the job. <laughs> and I'm okay just stopping there and not attempting to... fix something that does need to be fixed in some way i am literally okay carrying around a white pair of 20 dollar apple earbuds i'm putting them in my pocket and i'm using them when i need to listen to something
3: well i do need a cordless option you know i have such an active lifestyle that the the cord gets in my way um but but it's not airpods it's not airpods all right
0: okay let's see so that was an out i only have one more in I have a few, but they're not sort of a... Uh... I have one more in and one more out. Okay. All right. I do have one small one, which I can just do quickly, which is docu-series. hmm Documentary should be feature films. <laughs> and actually, if you think you have too much information, edit it until it is the length of a feature film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a little thing called Final Cut Pro, and I think you're going to want to download it. Yeah. And by the way, if your documentary is about, I don't know, Beanie Babies... Don't make it, and make something else. <laughs> Not everything needs to be an, a, like a Netflix docu series. Well, and I think you're speaking. T- it's
3: it's because you know the medium is the message. It's yes. literally because of the streamers. Yes, and exactly. I think as we reject, you know, post strikes mm-hmm. <laughs> are rejecting the, the the whims of the streamers and the powers of the streamers. Yeah. I think we need to reject docu series. Yeah. There's some incredible movies in there. There, Yes. If you would cut it down from six hours to one and a half.
0: I also, I know this exists, so I don't want to be like, why doesn't this exist? It's because I don't seek it out. But we need to take mainstream. We need to make mainstream documentaries a little more artistic. Like it is the way that they are all created literally on like an iPhone app for video editing (laughs) is a bit much, a bit much for me. Like. You're still a filmmaker. Sure. It can't just be poorly lit um, talking head interviews and then like archival footage. Give me a little something. Yeah. Yeah. And along those lines, actually, and I know I keep bringing up the Albuquerque Burks (laughs) documentary. I am done with documentaries that are just famous people praising another famous person. Yeah. That's rough. That doesn't do anything for me. All right.
3: Okay. Well, I have a small one also. This is an in. My final in. Okay. Mid-length socks. Oh yeah, I think
0: commit the, to something. The high is out. Yeah, and I think the low is out. So what's in? Mid-length. Oh, mid-length is in. I mid-length thought that was an is in. out. Oh, okay, 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 okay.
3: I think. Oh wow. All right. I, well, I think it's again as we go into election year. Yeah. I think people are going to be going towards the center. That's true. I think centrism is in, and go, I, goes back to the red hair. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's like how can I not be too loud? Yes. But while still making a
0: choice. Exactly.
3: And I think a mid-length sock. I mean, I've never worn one in my life, but I do think I feel a pressure yeah. to get them, and I don't know why. I don't know who's putting it on me.
0: <laughs> it also goes back to MMF because you literally are not deciding. <laughs> I... <laughs> indecision, literally indecision, but also r- reclaiming indecision as not a not a bug, but as a feature, not a bug. Wow, is the big theme of of everything we're saying. That is so true. Yeah, wow. like, yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of mine, and this is sort of related, one of my outs was loafer black loafers with white socks. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't like I actually think it's a great look, and I even myself have dabbled in it. Of course. But I think it's so the market is so oversaturated where at this point that is it's almost like the new sneaker and white socks. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, where do we go from here? It has made its point. Yeah. Okay. But if the outfit calls for but it. What if the outfit calls for it? I'll do an out. Again, this is a bit obvious and it's been a long time coming, but IP. Like IP. I, I, think IP I know what you're saying media. about it being obvious, but I think it does need to be said. Well, because literally all the big IP stuff is flopping. And I think because I think it would be easy to be like
3: Marvel. Yeah. But I think you're speaking to a higher truth, and that is that all IP
0: is out. There is something about I w- I've been recently watching. This is actually very out of character for me. I've been recently watching the Interview with a Vampire show. Mm-hmm. Do you have you seen this? I haven't. People it's love it. It's very gay and 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 it is to be clear, good, well acted, like so big budget. But there's something where I'm like, why am I watching a story that's already been told? Yeah, and why is. Like they are taking a story that exists, not only exists, but like every adapt, like the famous adaptation of it has was very successful and very good, and featured like the two biggest A-list actors of the time. And so your twist on it is that you're like making it more gay and putting it on Showtime. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's like a, a disrespect of yeah.
3: audiences where it's like they will not click play unless mm-hmm. they know it already. Yeah. And I think people are like actually tired of being disrespected in that way.
0: Audiences are smart. Well, in some ways they're actually dumb as rocks. Of course. But Stupid in terms of earth. the IP conversation, <laughs> they are actually slightly smarter than companies think. <laughs> yeah, but... um, And I do think it's starting to be like a yeah like a bad mark
3: like people are now like well I don't want to watch it because I don't want to watch something that already existed
0: I also think we are at a crossroads where people do actually need to revolt against that and if they don't then it actually will be too late like if anything I will say optimistically speaking IP is out this year but only if people act (laughs) Because if people are passive, I was actually looking when I was sort of like thinking about this, I was looking at what the movies, the big movies that are going to be released in 2024 are. And they are truly all sequels and prequels. Mm -hmm. People need to actually make their voices heard. Yeah. I'm voting. Yeah. I'm going to the the cinema. Yeah, that's right. I watched that Nicolas Cage movie. I watched Killers of a Flower movie. Exactly. I watched Anatomy of a Fall. I mean. Hello. And I tried to, but it's not in any good theaters anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that was me with May December, but I'm gonna watch it. Yeah,
3: I'm gonna watch it. I'm just not going to go to Kips Bay yes, for it, please. <laughs> okay, this is my you last out. Final... Oh, <laughs> you have a final out. Okay, I have a final out. And this one, <laughs> I I almost took off the list, but I
0: stand by it. Uh, skipping stones. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's an out. That's an so out. in your mind, that's been so over, <laughs> so like if overrepresented in culture
3: <laughs> on a pond side. Uh huh. Picking up a rock and skipping it? Yeah. You need to stop. Right. (laughs) Say more. You have an urge for destruction that is the cause of everything wrong. And in fact, I need you to go read a book. Yeah. I need you to um, ponder quietly. You don't have to be active um, to be, you know, uh, taking the beauty of a pond.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting that you say cause for destruction. I think skipping stone... A skipping stone can be a form of artistic expression of because course. you are trying to create something. Waves. However, it can also be just a more watery version of like hacky sack. It's also a watery. You're like throwing rocks. Yeah. Yeah. You are in fact throwing stones. <laughs> One of them quintessential violent things you can do you shouldn't be throwing stones yeah and why are you hurting water why are you You
3: hurting water and not to mention have you ever been in like say a lake when someone is skipping stones nearby while you're swimming while you're swimming oh interesting and you're like hey and they're like i'm far enough away from you and i'm like well what if i swim over there
0: right and also what if you're really good at skipping stones and it goes all the way yeah hits me in the head knocks
3: me out i'm dead
0: you know you're dead in the lake oh I'm I'm a true crime story. Okay, now. it's Minority Report, <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say the precogs know what happened. <laughs> they
3: know what happened. I'm also just like there's something about skipping stones where I'm like it's so, um, like cinematic of like I'm thinking about my childhood that I'm sort of like you're like almost not living honestly because you're like doing something that's a trope.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's interesting. Yeah, You actually can't be doing it unless you think you're being watched and filmed.
3: Exactly. It's like looking For B-roll. Out
0: the, it's like looking out the window on a train, yeah. which I think, by the way, they should not let you do. No, the window <laughs> should be closed with tape. Closed, because cardboard.
3: everyone that does it is like, I'm in a movie. And it's like, yeah. no, you're it's not. Like, no, you're not.
0: You're on your way to DC. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any more? I, I do have more. I'm trying to decide <laughs> if, like, we should end it there. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> i I do think that is a beautiful a beautiful way to end, yeah, I mean, I can say very quickly, one of my outs was um workwear, but sure. I think we've sort of already covered that, yeah, I can and say, for the record,
3: I'm not getting
0: a new wardrobe, no. i'm still <laughs> it's, there's no way around it i maybe we can end on my last in is sideburns oh, I love this one, so this is sort of it is the last form of facial hair that has not been reclaimed for the 2020s. Yeah. I mean,
3: I think this goes with the Bong stoner culture. I think this goes with Creed culture. I think... And also Big Lebowski. I mean... I think a big stupid sideburn is going to be so back and it's going to be like, I can't believe this looks... Mm -hmm.
0: And I actually think it's tied to the sort of Elvis moment we're living in. Sure. I think the Elvis estate is really... um, orchestrating a lot more things than we think they are. <laughs> yeah, they're putting all the ceramics in all the Brooklyn stores. Yeah, like, I also, this idea that they don't want Priscilla to be released, I am not buying. No. I think they like the drama of it, and I think anything that drums up interest in Elvis, who, I, like... I don't see this as a hater, but I'm so, I I can't imagine caring about Elvis. That's that is so outside of of like the things currently relevant in our culture. And yet there are two Elvis movies that have come out in the last three years and both of them are big Oscar contenders. It actually
3: does make me feel a little bit insane in in a way where I've sort of I'm just like waiting for the Elvis moment to pass. Yeah. Because it's never spoken to me. And I know like if I didn't know who I was. Uh, in a in a more profound way, I would be like, maybe I love Elvis now. Like maybe this time I love Elvis.
0: And I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Elvis is like dorm poster. It's like, yes. it is something that someone with a complete lack of any personality gravitate toward. When gravitate I was in college, towards. I was like, I, no, no, high school, maybe, either one. I was
3: like, I guess I love Johnny Cash because the Johnny Cash movie came out. And I was like, okay, I guess I love Johnny Cash now. <sighs>
0: Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did love that one song, "Hurt." Oh, of course. <laughs> um, I would much rather he make a comeback than Elvis. That's true. Even though talk about problematic men, but we don't have time. Who has the time? Um, um, well, yeah. how do you feel after doing that? You know, I'd say I coming in. I was pretty insecure about mine. I said these are conventional, these are cliche. But after talking them through with you. I actually feel like we made some incredible points, and I think this so is—it really is the sort of uh, parent trap. Two ripped photos coming together <laughs> and making one photo. When I we did both not, had red hair. Yeah, that scared me. Well, not just red hair. We both had therapy. I mean, we, wow. There was a lot of overlap. Yeah, we both essentially had stoner culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if two gay guys
3: think it, it's true. Yeah, I do feel a little bit. You know, speaking from a place of authority for that long is a bit scary, you know, you're almost waiting for someone to yell at you and be like, who do you think you are? And um, luckily, no one in this room is allowed to speak except for (laughs) us. (laughs) But um, it does, of course, make me feel a little bit gross for the record.
0: Oh, sure. But when do we not feel a little bit gross? True. True. Might as well embrace it. That's a really great point. Actually, I think embracing feeling a little bit gross is in for 2024. (laughs) And I actually think, on a more serious note, that ties. I actually think like shame is coming back. Shame is back. Shame and shame almost has been back. Yeah. yeah, like the idea of you know what's out? Anyone doing anything quote unquote unapologetically? Unapologetic is out. out unapologetic out. is so out. It's insane. Yeah. Please be apologizing. And actually, when like next time someone is being unapologetic, that it's like. Whoa, we're not doing that anymore.
1: That's like who is
2: unapologetic?
0: Terry Richardson. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Well,. Happy New Year to happy all. Happy New Year to all. We hope you're having a cozy and happy week, either with your family or chosen family or your partner or your multiple partners if you're sort of in an MMF relationship <laughs> um, or by yourself, maybe doing a sexy like going out for, a, for Manhattan, I'll oh, say. that would be nice. Or even a mulled wine of some Ooh, sort. Okay, I'm listening. I hope you're cooking or eating, uh, making plans, making resolutions. I hope you're making a lot of resolutions. Yeah. Because this is going to be a good year. Yeah. It's a nice, clean number. Yeah. All right. See you at the Olympics. Okay. We're competing. Bye. Podcast Podcast ends now. Now. Want more? Subscribe to our Patreon for two extra episodes a month, Discord access, and more by heading to patreon.com slash stradiolab.
3: And for all our visual learners, free full-length video episodes are available on our YouTube. Now get back to work.